0: This is Cuda Chronicles with the Burlington Junior Barracudas and your host, Jared Babsey. I guess it was Daylight Savings last night, eh?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I actually watched my, the hour disappear.
1: What time did it change at? Uh,
0: I think it was at two.
1: Did you purpose and... to stay up to watch that?
0: No, I I was editing and, and and hanging out with a friend virtually, but it um it was really heartbreaking to just suddenly watch that hour vanish. And truly, I mean, how useful is daylight savings even? Like,
1: I don't I don't see the point to it.
0: Well, yeah, like, what does it do for either of you?
1: Just messes up sleep.
0: Exactly. They don't even pay attention to it in, in uh, out east, out west. You know, it's stupid. But, you no, know, it's not stupid how we're back at practice, right? Mm-hmm. How are we doing with that?
1: It's good so far, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. We had, like, defense and forward separated this week. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So, Avery, were you working on, like, systems and stuff? A lot of stuff like that?
1: Yeah, like breaking breaking out of the zone and like shooting from the point just stuff like defense specifically i wouldn't say it's the most interesting stuff but it's definitely really important to do
0: you mean you're not interested in things you do for your no, position
1: i I am interested it's oh, just okay. there i don't know it's good it's the important stuff to work on so right fun.
0: and maddie what was the focus for the offense
2: um it was a lot of like forward skills i guess um did some skating patterns at the beginning yesterday, and then we did some one-on-one kind of battles. And earlier in the week, we were doing like uh, like attacks, like if you were um, on like a three-on-two or something. And it's been like a year since like any of us has done any, da- any of that kind of stuff. So it was kind of, I don't know, we were kind of rusty at first, but it was fun to get back to that kind of stuff.
0: Is that kind of what you've missed most? about working on is there something else that you want to work on more
2: um no i just getting back to like stuff like that like um back to like game type situations kind of fun to get back to because like all of us haven't played a real game in like a year
0: well we 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 have our fingers crossed yeah (laughs) (laughs) probably not march but i mean you know april maybe Lots of hoping, lots of praying. Welcome everyone to Cuda Chronicles. This is episode four. We took a hiatus last week. Our players were particularly busy with schoolwork and stuff like that. Um, But we are back this week and we're all dressed up. Um, I'm back with the suit jacket and our players are wearing something other than their team sweaters because we have the mayor of Burlington on coming up in a few minutes. The she'll be joining us her worship Marianne Mead Ward will be with us and I'll introduce her in a few minutes, but uh, we're very excited to have her on and we're going to talk about um, her involvement with sports in Burlington, what we can do as an organization to support her, what she can do to support us. It's going to be very uh, a joint movement and she's actually just joined us now, which is perfect. Uh, we'll welcome in uh, her worship, Marianne Mead Ward. And I like the jersey you've got on there.
3: It's got my name on it and everything. Very I, nice. I love it. I've got the pin and I uh, I'm so thrilled to have it and I'm I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Where did you get the pin? Because I, I need one for right here.
3: I it was it came with the um it came with the jersey. So I had some people. Uh, give it to me when I was first elected. So I was very excited about that.
0: (laughs) I'll I'll have to talk to Chani then about uh, (laughs) about filling this empty lapel I have here with a nice pin. Um, I was just actually introducing everybody. So we've got Maddie Souter and Avery Moon back who were on on the first episode (laughs) of Cuda Chronicles. Well, I'll start off uh, with the first question. And it's very general, but we just want to know, um, kind of what brought you to Burlington or why Burlington means so much to you and how much it means for you to be now the mayor of such a great little city.
3: That's a great question. So the, the short end, an- there's a short and a long answer. The short answer is that I love the natural environment and the outside, and I love the waterfront. And so, uh, I wasn't, um, born in Toronto but I was living and working in Toronto uh, when my husband and I um, had started our family we we had a 2 year old and I was pregnant with twins and we wanted to find a place that we felt comfortable raising our family and we used to come out and hike on the Bruce Trail go to the conservation areas we would drive all the way from Toronto to come out and then we'd go down to the waterfront we would go to Emma's back porch, uh, and sit and have a drink and food. And it was, uh, it was just an incredible experience. And so we started looking around very seriously for, you know, maybe we want to actually move here and raise our family here. And so that's what we ended up doing in 2000. Uh, My twins were born here. uh, And my, uh, my daughter was two when we moved here, and they're now in their 20s. So we've been here uh, for 21 years, coming up to 21 years—the longest I've lived everywhere, anywhere. And uh, some of you will know my uh, background. I was actually born in the U.S. My dad's Canadian, my mom's American, and my dad was studying in the U.S., met, married my mom, had kids, and then they uh, wanted to raise their family in Canada. So that's where I've grown up, Ontario, and I've lived in cities that that reminded me a lot of Burlington. So. Kingston, I, I uh, was there until grade nine. Uh, Ottawa, I did my, the balance of high school and university, got my first job in Toronto. And uh, when I think about Kingston and um, Ottawa in particular, they're towns with water or waterfront. They have a lot of heritage and history. Uh, Kingston especially was a small enough community that you could get to know your neighbours. And that was really important to me. So Burlington reminded me a lot of uh, Kingston and Ottawa, even though Ottawa was a bigger town, when I used to go downtown to the Byward Market, uh, I would always run into people I knew. And so it felt like that community spirit. And I can tell you, when I moved, when we moved to Burlington, as we were moving in, our neighbours brought us banana bread to welcome us. (laughs) homemade banana bread to welcome us to the neighborhood. And uh, we eventually moved downtown Burlington to be closer to the water and a more walkable community. Uh, than where we were living at the time and in that case our our neighbors brought us uh, chocolate chip cookies homemade chocolate chip cookies and a fruit tree you know like instead of a flower basket (laughs) a fruit tree so I can tell you that that Burlington has lived up to every dream that I had about what it meant to have a community of people who care each other care for each other know each other's names look out for each other, welcome each other to a new community. And then of course surrounded uh, by these two gorgeous bookends or waterfront, the Niagara Escarpment and a, and a historic community in between. So I uh, absolutely love this. This is my home by choice and know where I'd rather live and raise my family.
0: A lot of famous governments in Kingston and Ottawa as well, right? So Absolutely.
3: Yes. <laughs>
0: that and, and of course, Emma's Back Porch, a, a wonderful little establishment that unfortunately is is no longer. Um, we actually had a party for an end-of-year party, not with this organization, but I've been with the Burlington Barracudas for four years. And earlier on in my time with them, we had a an end-of-year party at, at Emma's Back Porch. So it's uh, near and dear to the Burlington community and uh, unfortunately uh, is is no longer with us but
3: one of the pandemic casualties yes very very challenging
0: one, one of many and I'll let the girls kind of get into that in a minute I'll turn it over to them after after this question I'd, I'd love to hear or will we'd all love to hear a bit about your uh, your background in sports and then um, kind of how that's coming into your government as well?
3: That's a great question too. I was actually uh, involved in competitive gymnastics as a, as a young girl and I, I loved it. I loved the movement. I loved uh, the balance. You have to learn you know, to have good posture. Um, you, you know, I was an introvert. Uh, people probably find that very uh, hard to believe. My best friends were books. When i was growing up and so through gymnastics and movement i could sort of uh, express myself and come out of my shell a little bit and uh, and that was that was great for me um and i did i did win a number of um, local competitive uh, uh competitive tournaments and it teaches you how to be comfortable with failure you don't win every time. It teaches you to keep trying. One of the stories that my dad used to tell about me all the time was I, I love the uneven bars, the floor and the balance beam were my favorite. I, I was a little scared of the, uh, the vault. <laughs> Running really fast at something and flipping around kind of made me a little nervous. So I found the ones that I felt comfortable with. and The uneven bars were one of my favorite and I was trying to master a move and you'd swing and, you know, swing around between all the bars. And it was, uh, it was a complicated and difficult move. And I was trying to master it for an upcoming tournament. And um, I kept going. I kept trying and trying and trying. And, and chalk, you know, you chalk your hands to so you don't slip. And uh, I did master the move. And the last, uh, the last few times that I did it, uh, the last time I did it, I just shredded, shredded my hands. Uh, because I'd been trying so hard so there were blisters that were building up under the under the uh, chalk and I shredded my hands and I had to get all bandaged up and, and went home and my my dad uh, loves telling that story of looking at my shredded hands when I came home and so he was so proud he was so proud of the persistence that I didn't give up and that I mastered the move and then I did go on to win uh, to win that tournament and and that was just, you know, it was, it was a lot of things in there. I know all of you can relate to what it's like to, to practice, to be injured, to work through the pain, to keep trying when you're, when you're not uh, able to get it the first time. And those, uh, those, life, those are life skills. Those aren't just sports skills. Those are life skills. And then um, I, I left competitive gymnastics when uh, uh, I hit puberty. <laughs> it's real hard to do those moves. When uh, when you start to develop as a woman, so I I went into other types of sports, but never at that level uh, since then.
0: And so I'll just jump in again. What um, what are you doing now uh, as mayor of Burlington to help kind of continue the growth of Burlington sports?
3: Well, we I certainly advocate uh, for for funding for sports, uh, work very closely, uh, promote. So I've got my nice jersey on here. Thank you for that. uh, Promote sports. And and we have been in very close contact throughout the pandemic with our uh, partners at the provincial level, our local MPPs, to, um, to make sure that as soon as is possible from a health and safety standpoint, that. Uh, sport activities can reopen for team play. So we've been very supportive of the staged approach and wherever possible, allowing sport activities to occur. Uh, In the early days of the pandemic, when we really didn't know what we were dealing with, uh, of course, the province had their state of emergency. We had a state of emergency and everything just got uh, shut down for a period of time. And then we, we looked to Uh, find a way with our parks and rec staff with our medical officer of health with our provincial partners to reopen as quickly as we could in a safe way and I know uh, we're still not quite out of the woods on all of that yet there's still restrictions on on team play and sports play uh, for a little while longer I know that is really tough Uh, but I also know that organizations have been really creative in finding ways for elite athletes to, to still train and practice and keep uh, keep in shape even amidst all the restrictions, so uh, we we certainly support that and um, and we're also looking to see you know do we need more sporting facilities here? That's an ongoing conversation that we are having in terms of certainly ice time or community center space or any of our parks and recreation facilities. We want to make sure that we keep up to a growing community and. Uh, I think we need more. So it's a, it's an ongoing conversation. Stay tuned on that uh, in terms of what might be coming next.
0: Yes, I'm done, so go ahead, girls.
1: <laughs> okay, um, what have been some of the challenges of COVID specifically to the city of Burlington like balancing economics versus safety?
3: Well, that balancing act is really tough. Right. And uh, obviously, the first and foremost consideration is keeping people healthy, keeping people alive. This is a deadly virus for some folks, not all who get it, but for some it is. And you don't really know uh, how it's going to affect you. You know, nobody really knows how it's going to affect you. And, and I can remember a couple of days before uh, I declared the state of emergency in the city of Burlington, which we're coming up to that one year anniversary soon on March 21st uh, of this year is the one year anniversary. And it was a couple of days before that, that uh, a fellow in Milton got uh, got COVID and we were still, you know, everyone was still figuring out what this meant and he was gone uh, within a couple of days. And I just remember how hard that hit me. I didn't know him but his his wife and widow spoke so powerfully uh, after that happened to say take this seriously and do everything you can to keep people alive and keep people safe and that was one of a number of factors that i was thinking about when we declared the state of emergency here Um, it is an extended state of emergency we have never had anything like this in 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 generations a state of emergency that has extended coming up to a year and beyond uh, because even with the vaccine we know it will take some time to uh, to roll it out to the entire population so we're not out of the woods yet but so as this got extended over a period of time we realized there are other I'll call it other pandemics happening we have a mental health pandemic the impact of isolation the impact of not being able to Uh, engage in sports and team sports and you think about how much that builds your uh, you know your self-esteem and your camaraderie to be with other people and and just your your well-being and not to be able to do that has been a a significant tool for an extended period of time Uh, and then the economic impact we just talked about the loss of uh, of some businesses and and people losing jobs losing livelihoods so as this extended over a longer, started to extend over a longer period of time, we realized that the health considerations had to be uh, also considered alongside mental health and well-being, social well-being, and economic well-being, so that we didn't inadvertently create this other uh, pandemic uh, while trying to deal with the health pandemic. And you know, we we will get out of the health uh, considerations sooner than we will be. That's my dog, Boston, (laughs) Hello, Boston. Uh, But we will be out of the health concerns sooner than we'll be out of the impacts, the long, long long-term impacts of the mental health considerations and economic considerations. So I can tell you now, a year into this, those are the three things that we think about very deeply when we make decisions. And when we do advocacy, because as you know, a lot of this is decided for us at the federal and provincial levels. Uh, and even at the regional level, that's where our public health unit is. And so we um, we have a role to play, but a lot of those decisions are made. So we have a, an advocacy role at that point. And we have advocated on many occasions, as you probably know, for not being rolled into lockdown, for reopening where we felt that uh, the health indicators warranted and we could start to balance some of those other things.
2: Uh, Just the next question, I know you kind of talked about this a bit already, but um, when do you see the return to sport for the city or like specifically like hockey, maybe like playing games, um, even like recreational and in high schools as well? Yeah, that that's a that's a tough one. I'm hoping it's soon. (laughs) And I think
3: I think these are some of the indicators that will will have to occur Uh, before I think people will feel safe doing that again. So, uh, you know, first of all, these decisions aren't made by the city, right? It's really important to note that uh, those decisions about what is allowed to be open or what must remain closed are made at the provincial level. And certainly the city can advocate, but those decisions are not uh, in our hands to make. So, so the province, we work very closely with the province to try and give them information or to advocate, but, that's, but it is their decision uh, to make. And in some cases, and I'm sure in your cases, there are sport governing bodies that have also added additional guidance to their teams and, and people that are members of the sport organizing bodies. So I can remember early in the, um, early in the pandemic and really throughout the pandemic, um there was a higher level of restriction that was was rolled out in some cases by the sport governing bodies so you had the province you had the sport governing bodies and really the city was in a uh you know we were we were simply doing what we were all told <laughs> at that point point. Uh, and then our facilities were closed again not by us but by the provincial government and by provincial order so we're of course willing to do our our part uh, on that. uh, But those are those decisions are made at other tables. Having said that, uh, we have certainly advocated that decisions be made on on significant health evidence and and transparent criteria. So the public has a right to know, you know, when you close or you say team sports can't happen, what are you looking at? What are the health criteria and what would the indicators health indicators need to be to reopen that. And those are really uh, good and valid questions for all of us to be asking. Certainly uh, the Halton mayors and chair has have asked that uh, question. And so to answer your question, when do I think uh, a return will happen? Um, the, one of the indicators will, I think, be the critical mass of people who have been able to be vaccinated. So we know that that will help to obviously provide um, a level of protection to people and so you know good news is uh, vaccine clinics are opening both of Burlington's are opened as of today and uh, as we get more vaccines from the federal government uh, the province decides who gets what when uh, and then and then our public health unit puts the needles in the arms so as that starts to roll out with more vaccinations I think that Uh, soon, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, all of us will be in line at some point uh, for that. And once folks are vaccinated, and there's a level of safety for game play, that's when we'll start to see those restrictions being lifted by the province, by the public health unit, and by the sport governing bodies. Soon, we hope.
1: (laughs) I know you mentioned before, like, building more rinks and recreational centers but with like the growth of women's hockey how do you think the city can accommodate for like the increase in demand for ice time that
3: is always a struggle we always have more demand for ice time particularly at peak hours right there the the prime time hours and, and any more as you probably experienced prime time can extend to 10 11 o'clock at night because that's when people can get ice time and so it has been an ongoing challenge in the city and as we as we have grown in population as a city it has just become more of a challenge and as elite sports I I was just so impressed and really proud when I read the growth of the barracudas and the fact that that nine of you are part of an elite team and that's you know when when there's only 50 across the country that are eligible and nine right here in burlington i mean it was and and so many other uh, statistics that you shared with me in advance of this i I'm just so proud and and it's like a it's like a secret it's like a welcome secret in burlington how amazing our women's team is and uh you know certainly i am a huge supporter of Women entering non-traditional and, in some cases, male-dominated fields, and this is another one. And so, I'm so proud of this team. I'm so proud of the accomplishments, and absolutely want to support uh, support you and to support this uh, this support in, this sport in our community.
2: Um, just a follow-up on that one. Um, What are some of the things that the city of Burlington have been doing to support the women's growth in like, not just hockey, but all sports across the city?
3: So we, we really work very closely with our community members and, and look where the demand is. And so we have uh, we have a lot of youth and elite uh, sport that is growing in Burlington and hockey is one example. At the other end of the spectrum, we have some new newer sports emerging amongst our seniors population, which is also a growing demographic. So huge demand for pickleball where there are never used to be. And so it's interesting how demand uh, changes and some you know some different groups and so we have to respond as a city and provide more space and accommodation for for those emerging and new sports and to recognize the increased demand and so that eventually gets um, gets translated into into space or ice time in your case or uh, for example the pickleball just because it's uh, top of mind we've built more more courts and transferred some with lines it's it's slightly different painted lines than tennis we've we've repurposed some of that so sometimes it's a quicker fix to to transition where the demand is sometimes in the case of building a new arena it's a longer fix but we are we do have a new arena uh coming and that's skyway it has been um on the books and still is for a number of years and we are looking for upper level government funding we're we're short uh, about 15 million, so we need them to, to help us. But that's probably our, as you're aware, that's an older arena. We have to decommission it because it has uh, old cooling systems that are no longer, they're being phased out for environmental reasons. They won't be legal. Uh, and so taking an opportunity to really repurpose and rebuild, it will be an NHL size, uh, you know, competition size rink with proper training um and and um a warming area which there wasn't before and uh, locker rooms and so forth so uh so when that when that comes online and we'll we'll get it done we just have to keep lobbying In fact i just uh, sent a letter of advocacy to get that funding <laughs> last week. So, uh, so we're always in conversation with our federal and provincial governments to help us with funding because we can't do all these things alone. It's very expensive, as you know, to to rebuild or recreate a brand new facility. But we're not done with that. You know, I know that uh, that the demand is there in our community and it's only going to increase because we are a growing city we're expected to grow by you know 50 to 100,000 people over the next couple of decades and so we need to keep up with that demand
0: I mean I don't know about you girls but that sounds like a nice new home for the Burlington Barracudas right <laughs> beautiful facility training all that fun net
3: zero it's going to have a walking truck uh it's it's an incredible facility so i do invite you to look at the plans online and we will continue to advocate and uh and make sure that we get some get some funding to see it through
0: awesome i just had to jump in there with that comment Uh, avery continue on
1: so we talked about like what the city can do to support us but what are some things that our team can do to support the city and set growth? So you
3: are already doing incredible things in the community. I, uh, again, in some of the background work that I did uh, read, thank you for sending some information in advance, but you're already so involved in the community, uh, helping with the Friday night community dinner, the meal bag program, helping with the gift of giving back, still the country's largest youth driven food drive. Uh, anywhere we started right here in Burlington I know several of you've gone on uh, international trips to do uh, charitable work overseas and so much more that that I could and, and you know you know what they are but but just incredible efforts to give back to the community we're so grateful and it's, it's just so inspiring to see young people because you're busy too right you're going to school you're elite athletes you're training and to take additional time to give back to the community is uh, so valued and appreciated and and also keep advocating for what you need and and because you know we don't always know how how things are are unfolding uh talk to us talk to your elected officials talk to your ward counselor tell us uh about your ideas for increasing access to sporting facilities what what are the challenges that you're facing what are your ideas we're very receptive and open and and in in fact some of our uh, facilities I'll think I'm thinking for example of the uh, soccer domes at Sherwood Forest Park that was a community group uh, several that came forward and approached the city and said we need to do this the demand is there and they helped to fundraise for it so this is how some of our facilities, uh, Applebee Ice Rink is another, our ice user groups were key in providing uh, funding to help build those. So uh, so you can be active contributors in terms of identifying what you need and, uh, and coming forward with fundraising efforts,
2: which you already know how to do really well. Um, what does the future of Burlington sports look like for you? So we have
3: sports at all levels in Burlington. And I think that's one of our you know, secret sauce, if you will. It's one of the strengths that we have. So we have uh, not only sort of the beginner level, try out a sport, see which one works for you and, and reduce as many barriers to people just trying, uh, young kids trying sports and, and right up to adults. Right? You're never too old or too young to get involved in sports, gameplay, and the benefits to your physical uh, emotional, when, uh, mental, spiritual and social health are so significant. And, and the life lessons, right? How to deal with competition, how to deal with loss, how to have the courage to go out and, and try something. And you know some of my favorite quotes about life, come from sports, uh, one of which from Wayne Gretzky, who said, you miss every shot you don't take, right? So it encourages all of, uh, all of us to, to try our best all the time. So the value of sport is there. So we, we want as many people to get involved and try it. So we have a huge um, focus in our sports across all different sports for sort of that learn, learn and try uh, philosophy so that we reduce as many barriers. Financial as well, we have funding for folks that need assistance in paying for, for fees. And through COVID, we've actually uh, reduced, it, reduced fees or provided grants for families that needed those as well as sport groups that were having a hard time, um, you know, making, making their own programs profitable because the numbers had to be so significantly reduced due to COVID. Uh, and then we have right up to the elite play. And that is also really important. We have elite athletes in swimming. We have elite athletes in soccer, in hockey, uh, just to name a few. And while there are fewer athletes, uh, obviously, in, in those, um, uh, you know, that are at the elite level, we want to make sure that we're welcoming and, and provide that opportunity as well. And it is a balancing act between the two, but we, uh, I'm very interested in, um, you know, Sports Centre of Excellence in encouraging uh, that elite play, given especially when we see some of our athletes going on to the NHL, going on to universities for, you know, uh, women's hockey, uh, just incredible talent here that we want to support and kind of shout it from the rooftop, so will continue, I think, to support uh, right through the whole range from beginner to elite here in Burlington and in as many sports as we can, including new and emerg- emerging sports.
0: Well, some very inspirational words, not just from uh, other big mentors that we know, uh, but you yourself as a powerful woman in a leadership role, um, I wanna ask for your advice to young women trying to break through into other leadership roles, wherever they may be looking or wherever they're interested in, uh, what advice you'd give them?
3: So politics is a male-dominated field still, as you probably know, and so I can relate a lot to, uh, to young women being in hockey. So there are uh, less than 30% of all elected officials at all levels in Canada are women. That's whether it's federal, provincial, uh, or municipal, or school board. And we are 56th in the world <laughs> in terms of the uh, whether there's an equitable balance of women and men in politics. So we got some work to do there. Uh, when you look at mayors across the country, only 18 of mayors across this country are women. So we still have a lot of work to do. do. And this is a hundred years after women got the right to vote, right? So you would have thought we would have made more progress than that, Uh, but that's where we're at. And so it really, um, I really try to encourage and inspire more women to consider uh, politics as a career, but also consider any non-traditional uh endeavors um in it whether it's a it's a career in you know say the sciences uh you know skilled trades there's still uh not as many women as men there or in sports like what you are trying to do and uh, uh, but it's not easy and so my I guess words of encouragement to women is don't be afraid of failure Don't be afraid to lose. And I think the advantage that that young women in sports have is that you're trained when you lose because, you know, you're not going to win every game. Uh, You know, if if, if you're an elite athlete in an individual sport like gymnastics, you're not going to win every tournament or every medal. And so you it's kind of built into what you have to do to get comfortable with losing and to figure out how to keep going. And. Some of you will know that i ran and lost twice two elections before i won my first and then won three in a row so and i can say winning is better than losing it feels better than losing Uh, but i also know that i learned incredible things from uh, losing those first two elections and they actually set me up for success later so i think finding the the good and the value even in those losses is really important being persistent, not giving up. Uh, I I can't even imagine the barriers that that you women uh, have faced to get where you are, and so you've been persistent, and that's great because it it is it is so hard to keep going, uh, especially when you hit those those spots of of resistance or or where things didn't work out the way you wanted to to figure out how to keep going and. And that's really at bottom to know what your passion is. And I can say that the, the two elections I lost really did reveal to me personally that this was something I wanted to do. And so that helped me to keep going. And I think as you you know progress in your, in your sport, whatever that is, you'll find out whether it's something that you really feel passionately about and want to continue. And if the answer is yes, then don't let anything get in the way of you pursuing that.
0: You truly, you truly find your passion when it's the furthest away from you.
3: It's an interesting um, statement. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: unless, unless the girls, uh, Avery and Maddie, have anything else to add? No? Okay. Well, I want to thank you, Mayor, for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on and Tell us a little bit about what's going on with Burlington, Burlington sports and how our players can break into leadership roles. Thank you.
3: Delighted to be here, thank you so much. And anytime you have ideas for me, I do like to hear from uh, our young people and uh, mayor at burlington.ca, don't be afraid to reach out to an elected official ever. And uh, certainly the door is open for me. So if you have ideas or suggestions For I can support you and we can support you please let us know
2: thank you so much thank you thank you it's great to be here
0: all right so that was the mayor her worship Marianne Mead Ward and we want to thank her again for joining us obviously out of her busy schedule to chat with us a little bit on a very sunny lovely Sunday afternoon and I don't know I don't know about the two of you but I'm suddenly very excited for this new facility i mean i'm i personally i'm not from burlington so i don't know as much about what's going on in the city so that was really cool and i'm pushing now immediately for that to be our new home
1: yeah been like a plan for a while like it i've heard heard about it a long time ago but
0: i was gonna say she said skyway and i went oh okay i think i actually know about that
1: it's terrible rink right now like, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean,
2: I mean, it's the place that I guess most of us started playing hockey, so it's kind of exciting to see it get revamped. I guess, like, I know uh, that's played there a lot, yeah, when we all started. Yeah,
0: it sounds like all the,
1: girl- the girls on the team.
0: What was that, started- Avery?
1: Probably all the Burlington girls on the team started playing yeah. hockey there, yeah.
0: It sounds like there's a rink, um close to the waterfront in Hamilton called Eastwood I don't know if you've had the pleasure of playing in that actual ice box um, yeah. it's it's literally just a big metal container with an ice <laughs> rink in it and that's it and it is frigid and old and sad um, but that's kind of what I am envisioning now where you all started playing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was small, cold. We have a lot of 6 a.m. practices there Ooh, yeah. back in the day, and it was always not fun.
0: <laughs> the class
2: there. Yeah, for sure.
0: The classic really early practices. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that is a, a really exciting initiative. And just how open she is to accepting mm-hmm. um, folks coming forward to uh, to give initiatives or ideas or things like that. I don't know. Do you have the two of you already got something that you want to send her?
2: (laughs) I don't know. I got to think about it for a little bit. I think,
1: I don't know. I was really like excited about like new ideas and like youth getting involved and stuff like that, which is really cool.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, thank you again to, to the mayor for joining us. Um, And It's, it's, it's just so nice to have politicians do stuff like that because a lot of the time you kind of see this, um, almost this barrier, right. Where yes, they're open to the public, but not necessarily, um, as I don't know, inviting, I guess, I don't know. This is also just a perception that I have and is absolutely totally wrong for so many people, but I'm just rambling on. We'll, we'll just close out, um, The Leafs played last night. They lost again, probably shouldn't have lost again. Um, But on the opposite side of things, and I'm only doing this because we have Maddie here, who's the NHL expert on our team, but the, the, the wings have been a winning.
2: Kind of, (laughs) I don't know. We seem to play good against Tampa Bay for some reason. And it's, so bizarre because tampa bay is like one of the best teams in the league and detroit's like one of the worst this year and they beat them like six four i think the other night
0: well there's always one team right there's always one bad team that just eats somebody alive that's true (laughs) like for the leafs it seems to be the senators last year the wings always like they swept the canadians yeah in their series right who was there a team last year that really just like a like a a a team lower in the standings that really just got you last year for the barracudas
2: i gotta think about that for a second um i don't know well
0: i'm kind of trying to think too
2: i know there was one that we tied i think but who oh Barry we tied Barry one time
0: yeah and they were their home
2: yeah yeah it was their home opener and it was not good that's for sure we came back I think we were losing at first but I think that might be the team I don't know
0: also just playing at home y'all seem to have a hard time with that (laughs) don't know why
2: the Ottawa teams actually um, got us both
0: yeah that Ottawa road trip hurt
2: Ottawa, they beat us at home and then we lost to them at when we went to them. And then same with Nipi and we lost to them twice. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two teams I don't think that we ended up like getting a point against.
0: And Ottawa was the home opener as well.
2: Yeah, that right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Big hoopla and just kind of play. But that's okay. Anyways, I think we'll end it there. Um, any final comments for the mayor or or anything like that?
1: I really just thank you again. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, yes, we'd like to thank the mayor and we thank you for listening. We've got lots going on again, as we ramp up because we're out of lockdown. Hooray. Um, we're, Already in production for our sixth episode of Rise of the Cuda, this is going to feature Avery and our rookies, our four young players who've joined our team uh, for the first time. And well, of course, I say the first time, but three of you have been called up multiple times last year. So it's the official (laughs) roster spots for all of you, right? Uh, they'll be on the next episode of Rise of the Cuddle It'll be coming out at least uh, at least in the next couple of weeks. The official release date is to be announced. Uh, but in the next couple of weeks, we're already in production of that. This podcast, of course, will be returning to a weekly schedule. We had a hiatus last week. By the way, how is the schoolwork? That's what I was going to do.
2: <laughs> it's okay. Um, Things this- lightening up
0: a little bit? Uh-
2: a little bit. <laughs> I kind of have some harder classes right now so it's been tougher but yeah I had one week where I, I had like tests like um, like back-to-back days and assignments in both classes and it was really stressful but it's getting better now I guess.
1: My classes aren't too hard it's just it'll be like a week of nothing and then a week with like four things four projects and stuff. Because
0: none of the teachers coordinate and assign everything at the same time right?
1: There's too many students in different classes to do that. So
0: nice. So you just get everything at once anyways. Yes. Uh, this podcast will be back. We've got lots of stuff coming up. We had our, like our outdoor day, a few weeks ago, we're starting to put out more stuff about that because we mic'd up three of our players for each of the sessions that we had. So that's going to be coming out soon. And, uh, Think that's it. I think that's it. We'll be we'll have a few episodes of Rise of the CUDA coming up as well, but the next one will be out in a couple of weeks. Other than that, I'm Jared Bathy for Maddie Suter and Avery Moon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of CUDA Chronicles. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of CUDA Chronicles. You can follow the Burlington Junior Barracudas on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Junior Cudas. That's at J-R-C-U-D-A-S. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and keep updated on future episodes of Cuda Chronicles and Rise of the Cuda. We'll see you right here next Sunday on Cuda Chronicles.